Brock, tell me about how this came about from your perspective. Um, J.C. Sherrod announces his retirement. I think it caught a lot of Eskimo fans off guard today. Yeah, it came about um, in our exit interview. And even going back to when we signed like a deal last year, there was talk if, hey, if it's a great season, then you know maybe this would be it, maybe potentially two more. And in our exit interview, J.C. was very candid and straightforward and you know shared with me that he was going to sit on things for a month or so, get through the holidays and, and contemplate. But I was certainly aware that this was a possibility. So, you know, we weren't caught off guard. And, you know, that's one thing about JC is he's always about the team and wanted to make sure that we were in the loop throughout the whole process so that we wouldn't be caught off guard. You've been around this league and around this game for a long time. Tell me the first time you became aware of JC Sherrod. Oh, boy. Playing against him uh, when I was at Ottawa seeing him out there run around and make plays, the effort, the hustle, the production. Um, and, the, and the real play that jumps out at me was the 2016 game, um, you know, the Grey Cup game and all those things knew who he was for sure. But I remember the play he made against us in 16 um, at Ottawa, and there was a ball, I think it went off Chris Williams' foot, and he picked it off, made a couple people miss, and returned it for a touchdown. And just the athleticism that he made on that play was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone, I guess it's a testament to him today. If you watch Twitter, his current teammates and some of his past teammates all tweeting about him and saying probably one of the best, if not the best teammate I've ever had. Yeah, I I would, you know, not a teammate of his, but seeing him in the locker room and being around a lot of professional football players through the years, he's right up there at the very top with leadership, accountability, genuineness, work ethic, production. Um, I mean, I think the easiest way to define him is in our grading scale, we have letter grades, and one of our letter grades is EE. And what we mean by that is if you attach it to a player, it means that's an Edmonton Eskimo. If we could have a gold standard, that's who this player is. And the example we use next to that name, if we want our Seattle to compare him to somebody, is J.C. Sherrod. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's any more of a gold standard you can have than that. Two years ago, uh, he... Uh got injured for the season in the first game of the year and uh, kind of once he got back on track health-wise uh, with the Achilles, he kind of became part of the coaching staff to a certain extent and was around the team and still a very important member of the team. And I guess that shows you what kind of a guy he is when even when he, he only played a half of football that year, he was still a pretty impactful guy around the team. I think it says everything. I mean, he's just got that aura, the football knowledge, um, the command and the respect of not only the linebacker room or the defensive side of the ball, the whole building and not just the locker room, but everybody over at the stadium, uh, whether it's the business side, finance, ticket sales, everybody in there has the utmost respect for JC and he's earned every bit of that. But yeah, he traveled with this. I mean, not a lot of players do that. A lot of guys, if they have that type of injury, want to go home and rehab, or even if they stick around just say, Hey, you know, my entire focus is strictly going to be rehab and get back for next season, which his was, but he added on that to travel with us. So he's, there's no, I don't know if there's enough adjectives I could use to describe what a class act, what a great person he is, what a talented football player, all those things. He's, he's rare and, and a very special person. Obviously, he's a guy that you could see coaching and staying in football at some point in his life. I'm sure a lot of guys like to take a year or two off before they get back into it, but he certainly seems to get, be a guy who's pointed that way. I think so. I mean, he, he posted during the offseason season. Uh, Last year, a bit down in Spokane, I believe, and I know that's what he wants to do in, in our recent conversation. So I'm not sure exactly what his immediate plan is, um, but I, I think coaching is in his future for sure if he wants it to be. Now, 
leaves a big hole for you to fill. That's a, that's a pretty big piece of the puzzle, a heart and soul kind of guy. He had 100 tackles last year, uh, an every-down guy who, who makes a difference. Um, how do you replace a guy like that on your roster? I don't know if you ever completely do with everything that we just described. Uh, there's some players out there that um, even if you replace the production and the talent, I don't know if you ever completely replace the person and all that goes into it. So um, to sit here and say we're going to go, you know, find a guy to plug and play to BJC, that's not possible because of who he is. But can we go find a guy that we can win with and that we believe can be a great starter and has all-star potential? Yeah, that's our what we're doing right now is we're out scouting, we're out beating the bushes. And, you know, if there are certain players that hit the market in free agency, you know, maybe maybe we dabble in that area. And there might be some guys on our roster right now that we have a lot of faith in that get an opportunity. You know, I know that when JC got here, coming out of training camp his first year, he wasn't an immediate starter. There was an injury, and next thing you know, uh, look at the career he had. So a lot of times, even if it's not a huge name out there to the fan base or media or all those things, there's guys that we have a lot of faith in that we think can be that. And 